Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Oh, here we go. Good evening, everyone. Strange things here at uh, Ghost Chronicles. Strange things going on. I am Ron Kolick, your host. <laughs> and that's strange enough for sure. Mm-hmm. And on this month with 29 days, uh, welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. With me, my co-host in the dungeon somewhere, the blind bombshell herself, Ann Kerrigan. Well, good evening, everybody. I'm actually not in the dungeon tonight unless, well, my office at work. Sure sounds like I'll tell you that much. I'm sorry. I guess you could call it the dungeon. I'm in my office at work. How about that? Same thing. (laughs) Did I talk? Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, we've got a great show tonight. Uh, We have somebody I've known for quite a while. I have no clue. I'll have to ask her about that. Anyways. um, Do you know her? I do know her. I do okay. know. Fine. And, um, yes. Anyways, without further ado, oh, tonight's show, as usual, was brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Memorex Street in Methuen, Massachusetts. And, of course, the Gallant Messier Family Law Group um, on 4 High Street, Suite 155, North Andover, Massachusetts. Focus, compassionate, and strong. So if you didn't get those things you wanted for Valentine's Day, sue his ass off. <laughs> okay. So without further ado, let's bring on our guest. She is an, a paranormal enthusiast and investigator. She is Jessica, oh crap, Mazarowski. How close? Mazarowski. She did very yeah. well. Oh, Yay! God. Yeah, well, I'll never get to it. So, welcome aboard. Thanks, Ron. Good to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Jess. <laughs> now, Hi, now yes. I've, been, I've known you for a while, but I'm trying to remember when the first time I met you. Can, can you remember? I met you at the Houghton Mansion. I don't remember the year. Mm. It may have been maybe 2013 or 2012. I'm not really sure. Okay. But I believe yeah. it was the Houghton Mansion we met. Yeah, another cool place. Uh, yeah, that's a, it's amazing, and you still kept coming back, which is <laughs> yes, I did. So you have been at this for a while. What what uh, piqued your interest to get involved in the uh, the paranormal, the strange, the occult? <laughs> I always had an interest in it, but um, you know, I like watching the shows on TV, but I didn't realize that it was something that you could really do yourself, like go to haunted houses and investigate until um, I moved back home to New York. I lived in Nashville for a couple of years. I moved back home in about 2010, and I saw that there was an event happening at the Houghton Mansion. I believe it was the Halloween of 2011, and I thought it would be really interesting to go, and I did. It, um, had a great time and realized that going to places and investigating was something that 
it was really kind of catching on at that time. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, like a lot of people, I had personal experiences, had an interest in it. And so um, I really looked for things to do around New England. Um, I live in New York, um, around the Albany area. So I come to Massachusetts a lot. You seem to have a lot of haunted houses there. <laughs> yeah, we have a sure. Sure do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, I mean, is there something? I mean, what are you looking for when you when you go out? What what is your your, your goal? Is it just to have a good time, or is it beyond that? No, it's beyond that. Um, I know everyone has their own their own reasoning for wanting to go. Some people like to have something scary happen, or maybe they don't believe and they're looking to have an experience to believe. You know, I believe. Um, and it's just an interest in, you know, what's, what's that? what are they able to do? What are spirits able to do after death? Why are they there? So it's just really an interest um, and respect. Um, and it's just really interesting when you're able to communicate and you, you just never know what's going to happen. So, that's, that's, yeah, it's not a fear factor type of thing, just more of, a, of, a, of an interest. Okay. Well, I think it's a great, a great, all great reasons. All great reasons. Now, you were involved in TV for a while, correct? Yes, I worked in TV news as a producer for about 18 years. So uh-huh. ha- having some experience in the, the TV world, and you see all these shows that are on TV, and God, we have a lot of them, and mm-hmm. we've had a lot of them <laughs> because they've come and gone. And, I mean, what what are your thoughts, knowing what the business is like and what's being produced on uh, TV? That's a good question. Uh, I think the first thing is that it's so hard to put everything in an eight-hour or three-day investigation into 45 minutes. Um, A lot of people don't realize that things have to be edited, not because you're trying to cut content, but because of just time constraints. You have to put the best stuff. Um, I'm... You know, I'm interested. I like, I watch a variety of the different paranormal shows. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what goes into the production of something like that. I'm sure it's a lot, um, a lot of uh, research, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of um, time looking into, you know, locations and what's legitimate and what people have experienced. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, a, it's interesting watching the shows um, and seeing what they are able to. Like, you never know what's going to happen on an investigation. So to be able to come mm-hmm. out with some kind of evidence. Is probably is, is very lucky. <clears throat> right. Do exactly. You how many times? How many times do you sit, you know, all night somewhere, and sometimes you just really don't have very much when you're done. That's very true. <laughs> I've been to places where you'll have experience, and then you go back next time, and nothing happens all night. You just sit in empty rooms <laughs> and hope right. something will happen, and nothing does. Um, so uh, you just it, it yeah it mostly it's just a fun experience you know I don't mm-hmm. uh, make light of it I treat it you know resp- you know I think of it as a responsible um, outing um, it's fun to meet new people and have and a night with people who have the same you know similar interest as you um, mm-hmm. but um, yeah there are nights where it's just entertainment really because nothing paranormal is happening you just have a, a nice time with with folks. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. But it is very rare to come out with something substantial. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, I don't know about you, but uh, there are so many shows out. And 
so many of them are so similar that mm-hmm. I think we get, um, at least I do, I get like, uh, you know, I don't know what's the word I'm trying to say, but almost like uh, numbed by them, where, whereas, you know, you're really not impressed with anything anymore um, because it's it's really the same old stuff that's going on and they just package it a little bit differently. Do you have, do you believe that or, or you don't, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, you don't, well, either way, it doesn't matter. It's your opinion. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I, and actually I haven't watched a lot of the newer shows that are out just mm-hmm. because of that reason. It just seems like I've seen many shows in these same locations a million times already. Um, I, I like how they're trying to find different angles. Um, mm-hmm. It's not the same show, but but you're right. It, it does turn out to be the same thing um, a lot. I think what I've seen recently on the shows is that they've been using some newer equipment, so they get different mm-hmm. kind of communication, um, different kind of spirit boxes, different kinds of you know, lights or um, REM pod, EMF type things, and um, just to change up what what they're getting. So it's not just EVP. Mm-hmm. It's not just um, you know. Uh, uh, a piece of equipment that that went off, but but I do understand what you're saying. I I try to I I think I watch about three of the shows, um, and that's about it. Yeah, mm. it's it's you know it, as far as the equipment, and and you might be more open minded, but I do. But um, I I don't see. I, I read a fascinating article, actually a fascinating article on uh, the broken technology of ghost hunting. And mm-hmm. it seems like uh, ghost hunters, or ghost investigators, in order to get the results they want, they break technology and and make up their own. Uh, thing. I mean, like there's, there's so many cases. For instance, you break a radio, you you take a flashlight, you make it so it doesn't work. So I mean, and we use pieces of equipment that were never designed for that. Uh, to do things that it, like it wasn't designed for. Uh, whatever happened to using, you know, when, like when I first started, we use regular pieces of equipment. We used a uh, trifuel meter or an EMF meter, or, or, you know, we measured something. We, we uh, temperature, we measured temperature. Uh, we didn't have a lot of lights flashing and, and that type. I mean, we were more out to find the the real variables uh, that what surround uh, paranormal activity. Well, all the equipment nowadays seems to be some type of uh, communication device of one or another. It's I'm not sure if that's the way we should go or not go, but uh, it people love it, so they're, they're out there. Yeah, and if you're not at an event with a medium who can be that conduit, sure. you know, getting sure. information you're left with a silent room wondering how mm-hmm. you're going to get activity or some kind of communication because not everything is going to be, you know, a knock on the wall or a disembodied voice. It's, right. How do I know somebody's here? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, I don't use much when I go. I have a REM pod, which I like, um, and I have a little camera, and I've been using the dazzling rods a lot for yes oh, or no right. answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, you know, it's mm-hmm. not accurate. Sometimes it doesn't work at all. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. you don't really get responses. But um, but when it does work, it's, it's, it's really interesting. I can't say for sure if the answers are correct, but at least it gives me a tool to say right. something may be, you know, talking mm-hmm. here. Yeah, and, and you feel like you feel like you're communicating. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I, I like anything else. And like when you use the dowsing rods or you use the pendulum, I, I really feel like, and I'm, I'm not psychic, but I, I feel like I feel that energy um, mm -hmm. when I use those tools. So one really interesting thing, Ron, is um, I, when we've used the dowsing rods at the Lizzie Borden house. Oh, and cool. what's so interesting when you use the dowsing rods there is that Lizzie's uncle, John, who was the visitor who was staying at their house the day of the murders, mm -hmm. when he communicates with you with the rods, the room fills with a scent of really bad body odor. And it sounds <laughs> funny to say that, but yeah. when he comes in to communicate, you smell it. Everybody can smell it. And, it, oh. and then it goes away when he's done. So you know it's not somebody in the room with you that smells that way because you would smell it the entire time. <laughs> but it's, just, it's so fun to see that happen because it's, it's a strong scent associated with the communication with the rods. <laughs> see, that's the thing that impresses wow. me rather than, you know, some piece of equipment that's blinking or, or making noise or whatever, is when we have physical meters. Because you've you got to remember now, haunting all through the years have been reported. I mean, ghosts have been reported through the centuries. And it, they didn't have equipment when they were doing this. They were mm -hmm. experiences that they reported on. They heard things. They saw things. They were affected by it one way or another. Right. And to me, the human experience is a a greater greater evidence to me of, of paranormal activity than uh, a bunch of uh, pieces of equipment. And trust me, I right. love equipment. And Don't get me wrong on that. You know, anybody knows <laughs> my house, I have them all. <laughs> but then at some point you realize you're just staring at the equipment all night. You're missing, you know, what's around you and what could be mm. happening around you. You're just staring at a K2 and you're just staring at a meter. So I've tried to... I've learned that. I've learned. I've been in that experience. I've tried to veer away from that um, and try to experience something else myself. No, not just with the equipment. Mm -hmm. But isn't it the physical, uh, the physical experience that impresses you the most? Like, for instance, you just came back from a fascinating investigation at the Conjuring House, and you had something physical happen. That, and if you'd like to describe it to our listeners, sure. uh, I would mm -hmm. appreciate it. Yeah. There was so I went to um, the the farmhouse in Harrisville, Rhode Island, which is the the house that um, the Perrin family lived in um, that inspired the movie The Conjuring. Um, I, the new owners um, they bought it um, last year, and they've been opening it up to investigators, which I think is great that they're sharing a house with us. Um, so I went in January, and I really didn't know what was going to happen. Um, I read Andrea Perrin's books. I knew that they experienced. You know, everything possible there, you know, sound, sense, you name it, physical. So I really wasn't sure what was going to happen. Um, I felt really drawn to the library when I was there. I spent a lot of time in the library. And the owner said that's a place that a lot of people just lose their, lose their sense of time and space. You can spend hours in there and not realize that you spent hours oh, in wow. there. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm not sure why I felt that effect. But I really did. I liked the library, so I spent some time in there. And at one point in the night, so there's about, there was about 10 to 15 people there with us. I'm not sure of the exact number, but the house is huge. So people were spread out everywhere. And um, I think it was around 11 o'clock or so. I was in the library with, um, I believe, like two other people. And I was rolling. I have a small camera. It does um, night vision and full spectrum. Mm -hmm. And so I was just in the library. I was pointing at it. There's two doors in the library back to back 
So it must have been two rooms at one point. But if both doors were open, they would touch. So the door on the right was closed, and the door on the left was open. And I was just asking if the spirits could close the open door. And when I asked, could you please close the door, the latched door on the right opened. You can hear the latch. It opened forcefully enough that it hit the open door and closed it. And I don't Nobody expected that to happen. I just was lucky enough to get it on camera. Um, mm. I wasn't, nobody really reacted in fear or, or anything. It was just a moment that happened. Um, and, it, I mean, it was really lucky to get uh, get something like that. Yeah, that's, I, I tried to uh, download it. I couldn't download it because we were going to post it on the, the site. But uh, uh, is there? do you have it on a YouTube channel or anything? I don't, but I can certainly send it to you again so you can post it somewhere or I can post it to... Yeah, I try, um, I try to download it from Messenger and it just didn't work out for me, unfortunately. Oh, okay. But, uh, uh, it might, you might have, I can text it to you, too. You might have success on saving it text. there. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> she can always text I will it to put me, it on Ron. a platform. You can yeah, share you it. <laughs> You're much more savvy than I am when it comes to that, Ian. <laughs> Yeah, well, I actually got one more thing in the library at the at the farmhouse. Um, mm-hmm. A phenomenon happened. Um, the lights in the house started going on and off completely, all at the same time. Really, in the entire house at once. And I also got part of that on camera too. Um, people were reacting everywhere in the house. They didn't know what was going on, and uh, we got the owners, they were in a different part of the house, and they said, this has never happened before, nothing like this. Um, hmm. So we knew, we, we figured something was communicating with electricity, you never know, is it a spirit, right. is it just bad wiring in a 18th century house? Um, but it was, it, was, it was interesting. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> excuse me, I'm sorry, but that is uh, intriguing. And when, did you stay overnight the house? We did. It was an all-night investigation, so uh-huh. I stayed up pretty late investigating. There are other people who did it all night long, um, and then I um, I was in Andrea Perrin's room alone um, mm-hmm. when I got a few hours of sleep, so I stayed there, um, yeah, the whole night. So this is just a personal question, nothing to, really. When you when you went to sleep, you felt calm and everything. You you had no uh, apprehension or anything. Oh no! I think most of the people stayed awake because the owners told us that when you close your eyes, you mm-hmm. can feel the spirits come around you, watching really? you, wanting to interact with you. You can really feel it. So I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Um, when, you know, everyone, you know, just went to sleep for a few hours. Um, I did feel like something was around me and kind of messing with me. Um, not like in a good or bad way, but I did feel like something was there. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know how else to explain. It was just there. I felt like it was kind of poking at me a little bit, maybe seeing if I would notice, you know, it interacting. Um, but, um, I guess the scariest thing was I didn't feel scared the whole night there, but when you have to walk down the stairs and <laughs> walk through the house to go to the bathroom at four o'clock in the morning, you uh, never know what you're going to see <laughs> because that's when a lot of the parents experience happened was in that three, four five o'clock range overnight. Uh, 
God. Uh, the witching hour. <laughs> but nothing happened. <laughs> no, bummer. <laughs> okay, ghosts, I'm going to the bathroom. You're not allowed in here. <laughs> yeah, right. I did an investigation in a house in Drakeet uh, where that was one of the things that we, they had a peeping time ghost. Uh, the, when the woman would take a shower, the, the shower curtains would pull back. Uh, she could actually oh. see like a shadow and everything. So, it was, oh my God! Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that was an interesting one for, for sure. Come yeah. <laughs> on. Oh well, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh. <laughs> but uh, the um, I forgot I had something I wanted to ask. Damn, I hate when I do that. I go <laughs> off on the tandem squirrel. Oh, there it is. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you've been. Uh, investigating for quite a few years now do you think that you are developing a sensitivity to to spirit as well i'd like to think so um i can certainly tell when i walk in a room if i feel like if something is there i thought it was interesting at the conjuring house um when i would say i feel like something's around another person in the room said, yeah, I feel the same thing. So that was a collaboration, you know, we actually mm -hmm. felt something like that together. Um, but then I'll be in a room with a medium and they pick up on a whole bunch of stuff. And then I wonder why, why aren't I feeling that? You know, why don't I feel that? Why can't I pick mm -hmm. up what they're feeling? Um, but they had, you know, they have, they have more sensitivity to that gift. So, um, okay. so that's different. But I, I do, I do feel like it. at the beginning, uh, when I first started investigating, I didn't know, you know, what to what it felt like in a room when something was about to happen. But I have been places mm -hmm. where you can feel that buildup of energy. And then I would think something is going to happen. Like I feel that energy buildup, something will happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, so it's, you do develop yeah, it after time. Yeah, I think most people do, and they always talk about that, uh, to give that example of that, that if a couple's fighting in the room and you walk into it, you can feel the tension yeah. in the air at times. And um, it, it, I think that's the same way we do have that sense. Um, and the more we use it and the more we're used to it, uh, we understand it more and we get to apply it. Like, for instance, uh, you know, when you go into a, a haunted location and uh, some people, it affects them. They can tell when spirits are on. It, it may affect them in different ways, whether it's a heaviness in their chest or, or the hairs on the, their uh, neck standing up or, or whatever. And when they do more and more of, those, of these investigations or, or public events, they uh, uh, realize that uh, th that's their signal. They understand, okay, so ooh, I'm feeling this way. There must be something around. So in, in, in reality, they are developing a uh, uh, sensitivity. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. But, you know, um, one thing I've always been intrigued with is that, and, and I'm going to go back a little bit about what I was talking about before, is physical mediumship. And, and uh, as most of our listeners know, um, we have been studying the red light sands for uh, six, over six years now. Uh, every month uh, we, we um, conduct them, and they're a lot to do with physical mediumship. But we have different people that come through, and... Uh, and I mean, real people, not just spirit people, <laughs> but <laughs> they even people that, that never had uh, or believe they had experiences uh, tend to, to have it when they're in a group with other people that are in that same um, 
frame of mind where they're they're looking for uh, something. So I, I do yeah, you think that yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I was gonna ask, do you think that like when you when you do that with other people it, it helps in in that respect. I think so. It's a it's a group energy. Um, you're all focused on contact in some form, and everybody has their own their own gifts, um, their own ways that they can communicate, um, and whether they may whether they know it or not. Um, so when you're in a group, um, it, it certainly heightens the sensitivity. I've been to you know your events before, and when we do the, the seance, and especially with the table tipping, I love doing that mm-hmm. with your group there because. You're so tuned to it, and the spirits know, you know, they can communicate with you through that method, and they come right in. But, um, yeah, I've experienced some, some really intense sessions with the table tipping with your <laughs> with your group, and it's, it's really interesting because I don't do that with anybody else, and I just – Really? Um, it's such a great way to communicate. Right. That's why I always want to do it when I see you. <laughs> because oh, I, I feel honored now. But to have that table move or to have that – I was just going to ask you, Jess, if you had done anything like that at the um, the Conjuring House, any kind of table tipping or seances. No, the so the the medium that I went with had mentioned doing a seance. However, she wasn't um, that educated in doing a correct seance. She didn't really want to do it without Uh-oh. knowing the the correct procedure to do it. So um, mm-hmm. we didn't do it um, there. Um, however, um, I think. I'm not. Sh- I, I, don't, I can't speak for the owners. I don't know if they would be open to something like that. That would probably be mm-hmm. something that they'd have to you know, discuss with the owners if they'd be comfortable with that. Because we all know about the disastrous <laughs> seance in that house um, mm-hmm. that happened. So, um, yeah, we didn't do anything other than just you know, rods, equipment, and um, just basic, you know, trying to communicate. Anyways, we are coming up to a break right now, so uh, we'll have to hold on. And I'm going to ask you a little bit to tell our listeners uh, about the seance, if you don't mind. If you used to mention the disaster at the Conjuring House, so maybe you could mention that. Um, anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann Carrigan and Ron Kolick right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio and wherever else this fine show is being listened to. Our special guest is... Oh, crap. Jessica. And uh, we'll be right back after the following messages. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, Get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello, hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the ghost box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. 
The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, Mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ian and our very special guest this evening, Jessica Mazarowski. Yes. Jess, you there? I'm here. Okay, we lost that scared the heck out of me for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, the show, by, by the way, is brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts. Of course, in uh, they also host my paranormal study group each month, every third Tuesday of the month there. So uh, check that out. Uh, and also the uh, Gallant Messier Family Law Group on 4 High Street, Suite 155, North Andover, Massachusetts. So just before the break, we were talking a little bit about the, the conjurer and house and your experiences. And, and Anne had asked you about uh, doing a seance there. And you mentioned that about the disaster that was conducted there. So I, I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, the circumstances of that. Well, sure. So this is just what I know from Andrea Perrin's book and the mm -hmm. shows on their, the haunting that they experienced there. Um, mm -hmm. So um, the first time I had heard about the story was at your event, Ron Spearquest, when you had Keith Johnson, I believe his name was, who was the original investigator of the house. Um, yep. who brought in Ed and Lorraine Warren. Um, so th the story is that um, they brought in Ed and Lorraine Warren to investigate. They showed up at the house. Um, I think t I don't, uh, this must have been towards the end of their investigation there um, and wanted to perform a seance. Um, so they came in. Um, the husband, Roger Perrin, didn't want to do it, but they, they went ahead to do it anyway. Um, I guess um, it it really took off like about the minute they started the seance. Um, Carolyn Perrin, the mother, um, was acting possessed. Um, the table they were using for the seance um, lifted off the floor. Okay. Carolyn was thrown uh, from her chair across the room. Um, and the kids were watching all of this um, happen, and they were scared about what's happening with their mother. Um, that's when Roger hit Ed Warren, and um, he was upset thinking that, you know, something that, that his wife had died, um, and he kicked them out of the house. Um, oh, wow. And then Carolyn um, became conscious again and, um, and was okay. But um, I don't know how many years it was after that, but they sold the house um, mm -hmm. after that experience. I think yeah, the movie, pretty... I have not seen the Codring House movie. Um, mm -hmm. But I believe in the movie they changed it a little bit and did, I think they did an exorcism in the basement, but that's not what happened in, in real life. Yeah. The movies, are, uh, by the way, both of the ones they did are not uh, historically accurate. That's a good way of putting it. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's uh, the whole 
mediumship. I mean, that's that that is the thing that really intrigues me, and um, I'm glad you appreciate uh, the the, uh, the work of it and uh, the workings of it too. Um, but there are so many people that uh, do this, and um, they. How can I say this? They get either caught up in the moment or, or I have no other reason why, but they, they tend to force their will on some of the experiments, which, um, you know, kind of taints them, which uh, if you ever have that happen to you where, where someone is obviously cheating, I guess, is the word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, I don't believe so, but I haven't been part mm. of many seances. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah, uh, but I can see how that happened. I mean, you're with a group of believers who are willing to mm -hmm. believe, and it's easy to take advantage of that situation, especially if you don't have mm -hmm. that connection or you're, you want to lead it in a certain way. I can see how that can mm -hmm. happen. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sometimes it, it, they're just a little bit too enthusiastic, I, I believe. Uh, in other words, they just get caught up in the moment. Right. But uh, sometimes I believe, too, that... that uh, they have their own interior motives while they do it. it yeah, I definitely think, and I've been in that situation before where it's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, like leading the witness, you know, um, the person involved is, who's leading it kind of has a vested interest in having it go a certain way. Mm -hmm. you know? I think the owners of the, con of the, of the house now, they, they were talking about the seance when we were there, and I believe what they said was that the the medium did not follow the proper procedures for a seance, and that's why it went so bad um, from mm -hmm. the beginning. Um, that's what they believe. Right. So what's your thoughts on Ouija boards now that we're talking about this spirit communication? Ah, <laughs> Ouija boards. <laughs> I love talking about Ouija boards. I oh, like cool. Ouija boards. I, I don't have a problem with them. I've used them a ton of times. Um, I believe it's all in your intent on how you use it. If you go into it using it in fear and that, oh, a demon's going to come through, that's what your intent is. That's what you're thinking of. You were tracking that. But if mm -hmm. like I do, I use it as just another tool. I know I'm protected. I know I'm not going to allow anything to come through that I don't want to talk to or give it a voice. If it does, just shut it down. Um, mm -hmm. Then it's a. I think it's great. I've had communication on Ouija boards and not. I've been in haunted houses trying to use it and nothing happened. Um, but I'm not afraid to use it. Okay, that's good because there are locations, and I, I bet you you've been to a few that actually uh, ban Ouija boards from yeah. inside mm -hmm. their places. Mm -hmm. yep. yeah, so and I. I don't. I don't disagree with that only because if you're open to the public and you have people using them with no clear sense on how they're using it or no do that. They don't go into it thinking that nothing will happen. They go into it with that fear of the Ouija board. Then you, maybe you could be, I don't know, but they could be inadvertently you know, using it incorrectly. Yeah. But to me, that you do any type of, uh, Attempted spirit communication, whether it's EVPs or flashlight or anything else, they're all forms of divination oh, sure. where you're actually mm -hmm. attempting. So, uh, to me, it, they're all just as dangerous. It's just that the Ouija board mm -hmm. has this mystique about it, and I, I think that it gets really gets a bad rep if, if there's a way to say that. But uh, it does. Uh, I think it's a great I, tool. It's giving you all the means right there to communicate words, letters, everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You have a better yeah, chance mean, of getting somebody to come through there than you get than getting an EVP. 
Mm-hmm. And and you know when I had uh, Karen O'Keefe over here uh, years and years ago, uh, he, for those who don't know him, he was the skeptic on Most Haunted uh, back in the day, and uh, you know I, we were uh, did a lighthouse tour and he was uh, there and we were uh, doing uh, Maureen and myself were there and and uh, we used she used the pendulum to uh, connect with spirits. So I remember him telling me, he says, Ron, you, you you don't think the spirits are moving that pendulum? I said, of course not. I, I know uh, that uh, the human element uh, allows the spirit to move the pendulum. It's, it's where the information comes from, it, to me, is the more important thing, whether, uh, you know, the human element is an important player or not. It's it's. The information that's the important thing, at least to me, anyways. Right, and I've heard a lot of people, and I agree with this. Your best tool in investigating is your yourself, your own body. Oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. You know how what you feel, what you experience, um, you know, your senses, that feeling, like you said, of the hair standing up, or just having a feeling that you're being washed, or there's somebody there. Like you are your best tool um, for investigating. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you've had that great experience at the uh, um, Conjuring House. I mean, you've done a, a, quite a few other investigations, about tons of uh, some of the more fa- famous haunted locations as well. Which one is your favorite to investigate? Uh, until it closed to the public, it was the Houghton Mansion. I love oh. that was my first place that I had gone and. Um, I had been there a ton of times after that, um, and I just loved it there. Um, again, you, you just didn't know what was going to happen. There was so there was the house itself, and this is in, this is what the Houghton Mansion is in North Adams, Massachusetts. It was the house of the the first mayor of North Adams, and they all died tragically in a car accident. So you have the house, and then you have their spirits. spirits. But then there was a Masonic lodge attached to it which was like a whole separate haunting um, because you have the spirits of the the Masons who were there. Um, So I've I've done many overnights there, um, different experiences, um, heard a whole disembodied conversation, disembodied voice conversation happening out in the hall. um, Oh, cool. Wow. um, Yeah, that we were in the lodge and we can hear a girl talking to somebody out in the hall over by Mary's room. Uh-huh. on that second floor and that was just and there was only four of us in the house and and we just couldn't explain it like there was nobody <laughs> nobody out there um wow. so um That's unfortunately amazing. that yeah yeah that was that was amazing and we weren't recording you know we were just sitting in the oh. lodge and we were just um you know you can see shadows in the lodge sometimes especially through the pillars you know in that long hallway mm-hmm. um so we were actually just commenting on the shadows and some of those you know those, those sparklies that you can see in the in the air, and then we heard it. So it wasn't anything we actually caught on camera or a recorder. It was just a great, you know, great experience hearing it out there. Of course, we didn't want to walk out there after that. <laughs> but um, um, and also in the Houghton Mansion in the basement, I had a few experiences. Um, heard some more disembodied voices down there, and got some EVPs down there as well. So. Uh, I wish it was still open to the public. Um, maybe it yes. will be again someday. Yeah, it's too mm-hmm. bad. Yes, that, it was an amazing place. That whole back section, the whole Masonic Temple, I almost felt like, um, like I want to describe it as like like electric um, feeling. 
when you enter those chambers. Um, I don't know. It's it's a strange it's just a strange place in there. You know, it's it's really unusual is that, well, and I guess it's not too unusual, but we conducted the first investigation there uh, no, years ago before anyone else did. And when we came in that we stay, you know, it's, it's, it's a good ride for those who don't know uh, where we are. We're in Eastern Mass and it's oh, in yeah. Western Mass. It's, you know, it's about two and a half hours. And yeah. uh, so anyways, we did that first investigation there and we stayed overnight. But the... Masonic Temple at that time is, is ended up the place we went to sleep because when we were in there, it was so calm and peaceful. There was like almost a reverence, like a church in there when we mm. first started going in there. And I truly believe, because I've been to the, the Houghton Mansion or Houghton Mansion, whatever you want to call it, from um, – that time on, many times back at doing special events uh, for Josh and his group, doing some of my own stuff there. We, we used to, we had conferences, uh, uh, three conferences way back in the day, the, the contact they were called. And I really think that the entire energy in that building had changed from that original first investigation to the last time I was here. I could feel an entire change. And I, I truly believe it. It was because they had opened it up to so much paranormal investigation. There were so many um, people going through, bringing their own uh, mm-hmm. baggage. Baggage. Also, uh, it became a hot spot when, you know, a lot of times when I, I do paranormal investigation, we, we have spirits that will pop in and have nothing to do with the place, nothing to do with the people, but they're mm-hmm. what I call stricos. Those who just drop in and realize someone's trying to contact the other side and uh, they want to be heard or they're just curious. So if, the more you do a place, the more uh, investigating, I think, I think it, it pollutes that original energy. I'm not just saying it's, it's better or worse. I'm just saying that original energy that was in there changes in, over the years. Do you kind of have that belief or not? Yeah, and actually, I think that is, I, th- I believe that is why I got the evidence I did at the Conjuring House, because the new owners just opened it up for investigations. The previous owner, I believe, had been there for 40 years. Like, they bought it from the parent family. So nobody was investigating in that house for 40 years. Sure, they oh, wow. probably they could have had experiences. Like, we don't know. But mm-hmm. now that people are going in there, I mean, it's so new. And, you know, the intelligent spirits there, who knows? Maybe they want to communicate. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't understand Everybody's been scared of me, and now you're asking <laughs> to talk to me. Um, but yeah. I believe that that's why I got the evidence I did because they are, it's brand new. You know, it's brand new to them. It hasn't been tainted yet by, you know, tons of people. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think that's a, that's a good thing. They, they had these people for 40 years with nothing happening. Nobody was interested in them, and, and now someone was paying attention to them. It's just like, you know, uh, anybody, they love, they love attention. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's interesting is that they, I, you know, I, it makes me wonder because the owner said that they have um, gone through several security camera systems there. They, it just keeps breaking. Like, the cameras just go down, they mm. replace it, the cameras go down, so I thought when she told me that, like, well, maybe maybe they don't want some stuff recorded. You know, maybe they don't want to be on camera. They don't want to be mm-hmm. recorded. But but who knows? 
they could also so, be using, you know, the energy of the of the security system, and it, and it just burns it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, does anybody um, just they? No one lives in this house, right? They just use it for investigations. Um. Right. So the previous owners did live there. The new yeah. owners. Um, they live there some of the time. They still, I, they said they still have their house in Maine. Um, so, I mean, they're there a lot. I don't know if they're there full time. Um, oh, okay. but they, they are there a lot. Save that, save that question, save that question, and They'll be on okay. our show next month, remember? Oh, okay. Hold on. You don't have to hold you up. Just save that question for them. Uh, yeah, I will. Because, because uh, and we might as well give that up. Uh, do you know the date, Anne? Uh, the date of next month's show. Yeah, you had to put me on the spot. I think it is March 18th, but I will I will double check. Okay, so if you uh, tune in, we will have uh, the the owners of the Contra House will be on on the video broadcast as well. So uh, yeah, it's either the 18th or the 25th. Sorry, okay. I'd have to leave the room to go look. No, 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 it's all right. That's not a problem. I just <laughs> you might. But, you'll, you know. you, um, you'll enjoy talking to them. They're great people. I could have chatted them up for all day, you know, with their experiences and just their knowledge of the house. Um, they're just they're great to talk to. They have so much information. Okay. I That's actually awesome. uh, at the uh, Ocean State Para, uh, Paracon, uh, they had the booth next to mine, and mm-hmm. I talked to them quite a bit at that time. And then when I spoke to you, Jess, um, mm-hmm. you gave me the idea. I asked them to come on the show, and they agreed. So I'm excited about having them on next month. So Yes, that's very cool. Very cool. Can't wait. Have they seen your video, uh, Jess? They have seen it, yes. Okay. Yeah. That's because it's it's really cool. I mean, when I saw it, I was like, "Wow!" Uh, huh. And we're gonna we're gonna try to get it and put it up on our uh, page so that people can see it as well. And. Yeah. Yeah, pretty amazing. It is pretty cool. Yeah, and she she sent me a copy of the door itself with the latch because that was the first thing I asked about was the latch on the door. And yeah, uh, so they're said, colonial yeah. latches, like the iron latches. Yeah. So if you're familiar with that, and you'll see it in the picture, it's it has it's 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 latched like it's behind the latch is behind you know a hook, so it really has to lift up really um, right. push forcefully out for it to open and I saw, I asked the owners about that um, about that room and about those doors and they said that those doors have a history of being difficult to open and being doors that the spirits like to manipulate like not letting you open them at all so they can mm. be closed and you try to open them and they will not let you open them and then later on They've decided that it's okay for you to open the doors now, and then they'll open. <laughs> you know, I just looked at the um, – Ron has sent me your video, Jess, um, via Messenger. And, Ron, mm-hmm. I was able to download it. Um, oh, are you? Yeah. I oh, put it up, put it up on our page then. You want, is it okay to put it on our page? Yeah, yeah, Jess. Yes, we do. I don't mind that, that right. at all. I want people to see it, and, you know, I don't hog it. Give, give credit. To her as well. His, I will. Prepared. Let me see yeah. what I can do right now. <laughs> yeah. See, I mean that—that's—that's that's the yeah. That, that's good, Jess. Um, do you? Co- I mean, when you collect this evidence, do you compile it? Or do, I mean, do you physically write it down the different things that happen, or, or store it somewhere? Um, 
I do say, so I, it really is, is not as common as people might think if they, you know, haven't been on investigations before to actually mm-hmm. get real right. evidence. Um, so um, I've gotten some EVPs over the years. Um, this is the first real, you know, act, something physical happening on camera that I've gotten. So I, I really haven't stored it anywhere in particular. I know I have, like, EVP saved um, in various places, you know, on, on devices on my computer right. okay. um, over the years. But, um, you know, if this keeps happening, <laughs> if I keep going back and I keep getting evidence, I certainly will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it, it's a shame uh, not to, uh, you, you know, to save it and, and be able to um, – you know, a lot of people uh, take them and they just throw them up on uh, uh, Facebook or you know, whatever else, and uh, they open it up to comment. And, and if people don't like their comments, then they unfriend them, of course. But <laughs> right. mm-hmm. it's hard. But for, it, I understand. It, it's hard for somebody who doesn't, who wasn't there, to believe mm-hmm. that it wasn't rigged in some way, right? right? And I understand, you know, that people are going to be skeptical about that, but um, I, as you know, I worked in TV for so long, I would never ethically right. fake something. Um, it would just, I could never do it. I couldn't lie about anything like that. So, um, and it's pretty, pretty clear in the video that, you know, that nobody knows. No, it's, a, it's awesome video. I, I looked at it right away and I was like, oh, cool. It's and, very uh, clear and I just, um, it is now posted to our Ghost Chronicles Next Generation Facebook page. So, awesome. 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 I want to see it, hop on over. It's on there. Cool. And, you know, the when I first started do, started the New England Ghost Project, one of the, the things that I did, because I was pretty much a, a hardened skeptical at that time, um, and uh, you know, I would say, I'm going to disprove or prove the existence of spirits, but then I soon realized that no matter what evidence you gave or, what, or even what experience some people had, whether a ghost came up and slapped them across the face, they would still <laughs> rationalize it and, and do it away. So it's always been my goal after that to, was to uh, share my experiences and let people make up their own mind, which is why we always were so media friendly, because, you know, we, we wanted to get the word out there back at the time. I mean, this is like a long time ago, but uh, yeah, people were, so were often, intrigued. What's that? Yeah. And so often experiences are personal. You know, I, you were mm-hmm. touched, you heard a sound. I think I saw something and that's a personal experience. It's hard to prove to somebody else that, I saw right. that. I heard that. I, you know, I felt that. When okay. you can't document that in any way. Yeah. And, and it was hard for me too because I'm such a show me person. You know, I, I, I want to experience. I want to understand what it is. Uh, you know, which is, you know, what I sounded like. I didn't believe in a lot of things, but always open minded enough to try to understand, like mediums and anything really, even Reiki. You know, I went and became a uh, level to Reiki practitioner just to uh, try to understand. Um, what this was about, or what other things were like dowsing about, or whatever. It's just it, it, it's if you're least if you're going to criticize something, be open-minded enough to try to understand it uh, before you criticize it. Anyway, but anyways, I get off my high horse. <laughs> <laughs> so, what would you say is your? Oh, well, you already told me what that was. What your favorite places? Um, the Houghton Mansion on it. Well, the, co- the Conjuring go- House is definitely becoming my new favorite. I am, I'm going to go back and <laughs> wait. wait you've only been the there collector. once. I know, hey, but <laughs> 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 something amazing like that happened in one visit. It's, it's a new favorite, uh, but Houghton will always be my favorite. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that place as well. Uh, it's a shame. 
So, um, what places are on your bucket list? Ah, um, gosh, um, I've always wanted to go to um, oh, is it Waverly. Is that correct in Kentucky? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've I've wanted to go there. Um, my sister lives only about an hour from there, um, so I'd That's like to be handy. able to do that sometime. Mm-hmm. I've never been to an asylum, so that would be a, a very interesting experience. Um, gosh. Sent me to a couple, but uh, <laughs> I've managed to escape. And I haven't been to Gettysburg since I was a kid, you know, just doing the regular tour stuff, but I think it would be great to be able to go to um, – you know, a haunted location in Gettysburg too. I know people have had amazing experiences there. Um, it doesn't and, have to be in haunted locations. It could be anywhere in Gettysburg. Trust me. <laughs> anywhere, yes, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so, if you, if money was no object, time was no object, if you could pick like your top three places anywhere in the world to investigate, what would you choose? <laughs> <sighs> anything, anything, anywhere. There's no problem. There's no problem with government. No problem with money. Don't no problem. With oh, you know. know where I've always wanted to go since I saw it on the TV show Most Haunted years mm-hmm. and years ago. Was is the Rams Inn? Do you do you know oh, what I'm talking yeah. about in England? Yes. yes. Yep. <laughs> Love to go there. Actually, I think I'd like, and I can't name any on the top of my head, but um, any of those haunted castles in England, Ireland, Scotland, I would love to go there. Um, oh, yeah. It, it's just, yeah, I mean, talk about endless experiences. I think you can, it, it would just be amazing to go to those places. What, what are my most intriguing places, and that's the bell, we got to wrap it up, is, is uh, Shackle, Shackleton's Shack in uh, Antarctica. For, for some reason, I am totally drawn to that. Hmm. That's different. Yeah. I also am interested in other paranormal, not necessarily paranormal ghost locations, but um, locations that you'll see like on ancient aliens, you know, like um, Stonehenge or um, mm-hmm. even the pyramids. Like I'd love to see those locations because I do believe they have some kind of supernatural connection that we're you know, not aware about right now, but there there definitely is one there. I'd well, like we do have to wrap it up because we are getting the signal, which means we do have to. So our guest today has been, here we go, Jessica <laughs> Mazeroski. Very good. Correct. Like the baseball player, Mazeroski. <laughs> Pat on my back. Pat on my back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me, Ron and Anne. I appreciate it. Yeah, hope, hopefully we'll see you up at Spirit Quest this year. I'll be there. Awesome. Yay! That's so, awesome. uh, anyways, um, we want to thank everyone for listening. Remember, tonight's show was brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and the uh, Gallant Messier Family Law Group on 4 High Street, Suite 155, North Andover, Massachusetts. Check out my website, see what I'm up to, neghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com and once again thank you Jessica and I'm going to ask uh, the conjuring people if they remember you when we have them on the show <laughs> okay <laughs> so, awesome good night thank good night you. everybody thanks for listening
from goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.